Hey, sweet lovelies, welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I created this podcast series to help women like yourselves demystify hormonal issues and struggles and the many things that dance in between. And I refer to them as the dust balls of life. There's always something rolling across the floor that we could address. There's always going to be a little something there. My name is Meg Ricci, and I am the host of the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Actually, today marks my 50th episode, and I'm really excited about that. Woo, woo, woo. I've been trying to aim for doing one episode a month, so it's been a few years. I'm so happy that you can join me today to celebrate this podcast. And I am a women's integrative health practitioner and board-certified acupuncturist. I have nearly 30 years clinical experience. I've seen a lot. I've seen women have incredible breakthroughs in their physical health, their mental health, their spiritual health, through nutrition, lifestyle, supplementation, and holding the space for whatever they need, doing a session with them, whether I'm working with them virtually or I'm having an acupuncture session with them here in Atlanta. I like to address the root cause and causes of why or women are struggling with their health, the nitty-gritty that women face in their health and that that is impacting their everyday lives. I want to provide clinical insight that I have with my clients and share that with you here in the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. That's my commitment. That is my promise to everyone. That's why I do the show, because I want you to be the best version of you. My commitment is to provide information that allows you to navigate life and health with more ease, grace, and balance. So sweet, lovelies. If you are new to this podcast, I am so delighted that you joined me today. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. And to my lovely, loyal listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And if any of you have not subscribed, again, please do. And I would also appreciate a good review. These Good reviews actually bring other women to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone, so you could be influential in changing another woman's life. And I cannot tell you how many times women have reached out to me because one of the podcasts in the series has been emailed to them by a friend or a family member. So thanks again for uh, being part of the change and being part of the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. And if you would like to find out more about me and the possibility of working directly with me. You can get all my contact information at megrichichi.com. And uh, maybe we can set up a discovery call and see if we are a good fit and start working together. So life, here we are today. We are going to talk about the five ways to find your life purpose and create your future. I have the most amazing guest his name is Adam Harmon Banning, and we are going to unpack this juicy topic. He is a very, very dear friend. I'm going to tell you a little more about him in a moment. But when I'm working with clients, I make sure that if they're in a really difficult point in their lives and there's a lot of challenges going on, I may refer them to a therapist. I may refer them out for somatic trauma release. If they're dealing with addiction, I try to link them with a good therapist in that area or a sex therapist. I just did an episode with an amazing sex therapist, Ciara Coleman, in my last episode. You may want to check that out. But I also recommend quite frequently life coaches because we all get stuck. 
And the stuckness in our lives, I feel, is a metaphor for it's a time to shift. It's a time to grow. It's a time to face doing things differently, a new beginning. So I feel that getting clear on our life purpose, getting clear on creating balance and direction is an integral part of our health and our soul's growth. And our lives reflect the choices that we make to help us navigate life's journey because it's just a culmination of so many experiences. So this is why I invited my next guest, my dear friend, Adam Harmon Banning. He has over 35 years of experience. He has established himself as a recognized lecturer in the fields of functional medicine and consciousness. He has hosted and co-hosted numerous radio programs in New York City and Los Angeles. His podcast or his radio shows, he's talked a lot about natural healing and meditation. But Adam has also authored two books on human potential and mysticism, Seeing the Angel in the Mirror, and the official Wizards Training Manual. He is a life purpose coach and a business mentor. And I love his approach to coaching because he is so approachable. He has the gift to help people access their unique life purpose and to assure their success. He's incredibly intuitive. He's empathic. And how do I know this? Because Adam has been instrumental in what I do as a women's healthcare practitioner and acupuncturist. And Adam has helped me along the way over the past few decades with my business to help me achieve personal goals, business goals, get clarity on the things that I am stuck with in my life so that I can move forward and create the type of future that I want. Adam has been instrumental in how I show up in the world. So sweet lovelies, I'd like to introduce you to my dear friend, Adam Harmon Banning. And Adam, welcome to the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Hey, thanks for having me, May. Great to be here. Good. There's so much to unpack. <laughs> Our conversation before the podcast could have been the podcast. So, you know, tell people a little about you and about your coaching and how you address these five. I'm sure there's more to it than just addressing these five ways to find your life purpose. But let's take a deep dive in how you work with your clients. Okay, sure. So basically speaking, one of the things to understand is it's relatively simple to be able to find your life purpose. This may sound very strange for anybody standing there going, I've been searching for the longest time. But the bottom line is that your soul, and I am a true believer in this, I, I tend to be a little esoteric sometimes, but it pans out in results. Your soul leaves a trail of breadcrumbs behind to be able to tell you what your contribution is, because we're all meant to make a unique contribution. Mind those words, unique contribution. Most individuals out there have problems making a unique contribution because they're doing two things that keep them from recognizing who they truly are and making application. The first thing is, is they try to adapt to the world around them. We all want to fit in. So we adapt, but in that adaptation, we adapt to the mediocrity around us as well. And that's not our unique contribution. That's somebody else's or the group's. So adaption is one thing, and adaption is important to be able to keep your eye on. Am I doing things for myself or am I doing things for other people? We have individuals out there who are givers who are constantly doing things for other people. If you call yourself a giver, if you call yourself empathetic, you may get caught into adaption. 
We want to make sure that you ask a question about the things that you do. Is this for me or is it from somebody else? Am I taking this step because my mom told me I should take this step or my priest or my teacher or my dad, my uncle, whatever, okay? Or is it what I want? So adaptation. The second thing is reaction, okay? You can't make a contribution to the world that's unique and yours if you're reacting to somebody else. Have you ever seen um, two individuals who are very, very, you know, you know they're intelligent. You may even know their IQs, but when they get into a personal conflict with each other, it looks like their IQs are jumping off the cliff and diving down. Bottom line on the whole thing is, is uh, uh, taking and reacting will not bring out your unique contribution as well. And one of the ways in which you cannot be reactive is by being present, okay? So by being present allows you to really cash in on who you are. You may be surprised to know that even according to recent psychological journal studies, that the average individual, and this was done in the United States, I can't mark any other place in the world because there's no studies on it, but the average individual is only present 10% of the time. So you only get 10% of your time here present. So out of the 80 years you're living, you only get eight years to be able to do what you need to do for your mission. That's shortchanging yourself. How about we become more present? And there's ways of being able to do that in becoming more present. I'll get into those. But before we get into those, if we can deal with that adaptation and reaction, then we can start really starting breaking down those breadcrumbs, which lead you to your true purpose. Here's five different areas which are interesting. I actually have a sheet on this. If if anybody ever wants this sheet, I'll email it out to you. Yeah, you can. And, and I will provide your contact information in the show notes. That sounds great. It's called your life mission. Up top, it says, what is your life mission? And a little, there's a blank afterwards. So there's five different areas which tell you what your life mission is by utilizing this chart in the proper way. The first column to the left, on the top of the column, it says, what do you seem to do easily and you can't explain why? There are certain things that we come into this world and we do really easily. It's like, you ever hear that statement? Oh, she's really good at math. Or, oh, he's really right. good at cooking. Okay. They never received training on it. For some reason, they're just really good at there. She's a really good listener. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those types of things. I call them your divine toolkit. That's where you came with all these tools down to earth into this beautiful body that you're in right now to be able to fulfill a mission and their tools so you can fulfill and experience your mission. Okay. Those are those unexplainable talents that you have. So you may want to write those down. What do you do easily that you can't explain why? Some people will say, you know, I'm not really good at the piano, but I'm never going to use that. Guess what? You will use it at some point in your life. If there's a talent that's packed into your divine toolkit, okay, then you're meant to use it. You're never given anything you weren't meant to use. All right. I mean, if I can, can I just share or interject? Please, please. Yeah. I have a BFA and I was an art director and I majored in illustration in school. And being a creative, I always looked at everything like outside the box. And, you know, I use the metaphor, I would look at a house, I didn't just go through the front door, I'd go th look through the windows, I looked at the chimney, and it's like, what strategy, how can I make this exciting? I brought that to acupuncture, I brought that to my practice. That's why I love root cause resolution, because things are not so obvious. Sometimes they are, but you have to be creative in how you question a client, you have to be creative in how you look at helping that person heal. So I look at being more right brain, being incredibly helpful and beneficial because I look at what I do as an art. 
Yeah, is that- most definitely. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. I came from a background at Syracuse University in film production, but okay. I use film production oh, wow. and I use photography and lighting and sound and all these things in everything that I've done from my own business to working corporately for a major um, life sciences company in their marketing department, mm-hmm. all the way down the line. So we are all a compilation yeah. of all of these different types of things that we do. Yeah. Which is interesting, which brings us up to the second point, which is what kind of jobs have you had in the past before and what parts of them do you like doing? Okay. You know, we pick these jobs and we, I spoke to one of my clients the other day and he said to me, Hey, listen, I spent 20 years as an accountant. I should have just listened to my own heart and become a counselor. Okay. But my mom told me I should become an accountant. So, you know, something, it was 20 wasted years. I'm like, no, 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 stop for a second here. This person wanted to be, a, wanted to be a um, a food influencer, okay, and talk about food and cooking and different types of hacks and using food for health. And she said to me, she said, how am I going to use this accounting? And then all of a sudden we <laughs> sat down and we looked at it and she came up with this, with this uh, amazing concept, which she's going to probably do really well for, I have a strong feeling about it, which is to be able to talk about how to go shopping and how to plan meals, which makes sense for your budget. Okay, and how to be able to (laughs) utilize this number aspect of her mind, this accounting aspect. And it was so beautiful. It was a compilation of her experiences. You are a compilation of your experiences. So that's that's the second one is to be able to write down all the jobs you've had for more than six months past the age of 18. Okay, Mm -hmm. so you are in that for a reason. What are we going to pull out of that and make it another part of this amazing you? Okay, this amazing mission. The third part of it is what kind of help do other people commonly ask for? Now, this is interesting. Many people out there, if they've known you for more than six months, they get a feeling about you. They get a feeling about what you're good at, what you're not good at, so on and so forth. And they'll ask you to do things and for advice or or they'll ask you things uh, to help them with, which they have a feeling that you can be helpful in. Write them down because many times they see stuff that you can't even see. Okay. It's not interesting when others can see that. I I've I, I had gotten together with somebody, it was a few years back. I hadn't seen her since like my twenties. Mm. And she was pointing out all these qualities of things that I did. I had no idea. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm just yeah. So it's very interesting what other people see in us that we cannot see within ourselves. And it comes with our physiology. Hey, what direction do our eyes point? Outward. So we can give insight on someone else who may not even be able to see themselves because they don't point inward, okay? That requires some effort. So that's a Mm -hmm. great thing. And step number three, what kind of help do other people ask you for? The -hmm. fourth step is name three things that you're most proud of doing in your life and why you're proud of them. Having pride in something you do is a very, very interesting thing. Mm -hmm. It is filled with purpose. It is filled with joy of your unique contributions. It is. It's, it's, it's magnificent. So when you write these things down, it is very, very purpose-based and gives us ideas in this list underneath. So we just mentioned four different things. They're at the top of each one of these columns, and you write down a bunch of them below. You'll start to notice as you go through these different columns, you'll see repeats. Where you see repeats, those are the important things to circle, and those will give you insights as it has to do with your life purpose. Let's go to the fifth area here. And this seems like really simple, but boy, it is not. What things make you happy to do? 
and what excites you. Let's get some ones down there as well. You know, everybody stands there and they say things like, well, life is drudgery and hard work. And if I work hard enough, I'll get what I want. Well, I'm using a weird accent on that one because it sounds sort of strange (laughs) and old fashioned. But the bottom line is, is what lifts you up? What forms wind beneath your wings? What makes you rise above? What makes you uniquely special? What are your unique contributions? I think what's changing, and if I can just add to this, is that you're right. So many people feel like I have to struggle. I've got to put in all these long hours to be a success in the world. Right. And people are just taking a step back. And I see more, you know, post-COVID, I have a nephew of mine and he's a lawyer and he worked crazy hours. He's like, I am like fucking done. And he's going to take a few months off to figure out after he... What are the next, what does he want to do next? And he said to me, I want to get back to that kid that I knew that took a year off from Brown University and get back to who that was so I can see what I want to create. I just thought, and I I remember he was so happy when he took that year off. He worked in in a cafe and I think he lived on a lot of fluff and utter sandwiches. He was just getting by, but he but I thought that was interesting. But they are tasty. Come on. You got to give are, it that one. You know what? Go. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> Peanut butter on like Wonder Bread. They're fabulous. <laughs> it's true. You know? Yes. Anyway. But the point is, I think a lot of people are realizing, I want to do life differently. I, it doesn't have to be a struggle. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for when they are working with individuals like you. Maybe you can touch on that. How do we change that. I mean, I grew up, you know, I had parents from the depression. My mother grew up in cold water flats. They would have to leave in the middle of the night because they didn't have money to pay the rent. Yeah, My father grew up in Brooklyn. He was Italian, but everything is a struggle. So a lot of people in my family had that everything is a struggle. And then to, even for myself to break that pattern is like, no, it doesn't have to be a struggle. Right, right. I work with individuals who are everything from, you know, uh, folks that I do a sliding scale with because they can't really afford it to numerous billionaires I work with. And the bottom Mm. line is it's interesting to take a look at their upbringings and interesting Mm. to take a look at how they look at things in the world around them. As you're pointing out, your parents struggled. So you learned from struggle. All right. These individuals, these billionaires, they learned from success. Okay. They got the money handed to them or they had parents that were amazing in bringing them up with the right types of ways to allow their unique contribution to come forth, okay, Mm -hmm. in their parenting skills. I'm a big, big fan of good parenting skills. But the situation is that these individuals had a different context. Now, how do you get past that for someone who doesn't have that context? Okay, it's called winning, winning. You see, when someone says something like, all of a sudden, someone comes into your office and says, you know something, I'd like to, you know, help my overall health, but I want to lose 150 pounds, okay? They look at that inside their own mind, even though they're like, I want this, I want, they look at it like a dream. It's too big. It's too big. They've never been 150 pounds left before, or they never lost 150 pounds. So that Mm -hmm. seems too daunting. What I do with my people is I teach them how to break down their goals into a series of shorter goals where my recommendations for them will help them to not only meet that goal within, let's say, a two-week period of time, but surpass it. So you want to be able to, it's almost like under-promising and over-delivering, okay? Mm -hmm. If a person stands there and they expect to, let's say, make $1,000 on a project, okay, and all of a sudden they made $100,000 on the project. 
they're blown away. They want right. more. It's like candy. We're creating new dopamine channels for them to be able to get jazzed by breaking it down into smaller units, which are digestible and build trust and confidence that they can take on the larger ones and actually crave their goals. Most people stand there with their goals and they want them, they want them, they want them, but it falls into not embracing the goal, but actually just tolerating it because their inner beliefs of where they came from say, I've never done anything like that before. This is impossible. So here's a question and it's a big one. Okay. How do you change those inner beliefs? Okay. First of all, you change those inner beliefs by saying to an individual, you give me two weeks, I'll change you. Okay. And if they give you two weeks, because anybody can do something for two weeks, anybody, all right? Absolutely. And if at the end of the two weeks, we check back in again, and oh my goodness, not they not only got this and this, which they wanted, but this, this, and this, this is awesome. Let's do this again. But here's the challenge that I see. Go ahead. Is that, I, I call it the honeymoon period. I have somebody come in, they, you know, we're changing their diet, they're wanting to lose weight, they have autoimmune issues, you know, so- I'm putting, I've placed them on a program and they're like for four weeks, maybe six, mm -hmm. they can do it. And then after that, it's and for some people, they just can't stay right on point. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I brought up to you before the podcast. And I, maybe we can talk about this a bit. I called it self-care, but you said it's self-priority. How do we make ourselves as priority? Okay, and great. How do we stay on course? That's the big question. It's the big question of the podcast. How do people stay on course? The honeymoon stage, as you just stated, is an illusion, but it is very real. Let me let me tell you what I mean. Yeah. Okay. It's, sure. it's an illusion because we stand there and we become, we have a tendency as human beings to go mm -hmm. into a general state of hypnosis, to become unconscious, to become not present. The studies have pointed out that about 90% of the time that the average human being within America is living their life, 90% of the time, they're not here. They're either thinking bad things about the past or they're worrying about the future. Yeah. Okay. So you can't be present. And in the present, it's hard to be negative. All right. I, that's within my first book, Seeing the Angel of the Mirror. I showed a study on that and it was mind blowing the outcomes. When you could make people more present, you made them more happy because you can't be unhappy in the present. So when you have a perspective which is not weighed down by the future and the past, most of the actual reasoning that we have, most of the box that we've created inside ourselves, most of the cage that we created around ourselves is related to the past and fears about it recreating itself in the future, okay? So if we can get people present, then we can do amazing things as a crowbar to be able to open up their opportunities, to be able to pry open their potential. Because that allows you to be able to take the actions without the weight of the past or the future. So what can you offer in technique uh -huh. or techniques uh -huh. to help people stay here right now? Oh, that's fun. Do you know why? You'll find out a lot of these different things that you want in regards to your own advancement, both mm -hmm. emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, are already put into the human body as a program. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. Your senses are wonderful things. Those five senses plus the extra ones on top of that that some people have more of than others, okay, are a mm -hmm. wonderful thing. But they also have a purpose for presence. And I did this as a study within my first book, Seeing the Angel in the Mirror. And what we found out was is if you had an individual and they had themselves a negative thought, 
we ask them to be able to just imagine to themselves, close their eyes, and imagine if that negative thought were to live in one part of your body more than another, what part is it in? All right. So you figure out what part is it and just guess. All right. First thing that comes to your mind, maybe it's in your heart. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you feel it inside your heart. Great. Give it a score from one to 10 on its severity. One is it's not even there. 10 is it's horrifying and I can't deal with it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Give it a score from one to 10. Okay. Let's say it's an eight. All right. Now what you do is, is this is where you can become present and you retest that number again. You stand there and you smell whatever you can smell in the air around you. Don't think about what you had for breakfast because that is the past. We want to keep you present. Whatever you smell around you. Right now, I smell a little bit of cleaning agent because I just cleaned up the place. Whatever taste is in your mouth. I just took a, a bit of coffee. So I got coffee. Okay. It was good coffee too. Nice organic stuff. And mm. then you touch something. It's best to be able to touch your legs with your hands or your arms with your hands. You do smell, taste, touch, smell, taste, touch. And then a third smell, taste, touch. That will bring you into the present. Go back to that area of your body and ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, how does it feel in that area again? Over 50% of the time within the studies I did, the feeling was totally gone. It was even hard to be able to remember what they felt bad about in that moment, okay? If it still is, if it's lower the number and you want to get rid of it more, do another set of three, smell, taste, touch, smell, taste, touch, smell, taste, touch. Literally, after I did this, I found there were studies about that that were actually done out there and using the senses to bring people present and to reduce overall negativity. So heck, I guess I was onto something, but the bottom yeah. line is, boy, that works. And it's just like, you know, if breathing or breath work, but I love how you're using the senses to yeah. bring people present because the issue is for all of us. Hey, I, I go there too. It's like suddenly in, in my life, things may appear as if they're not moving and mm -hmm. things are stagnating. It's just that I'm in the, in the midst of, of, a, of a transition, but so and it's always like, oh, my God, this isn't working. And, and you're right. Being here in the moment, you can't have negative thoughts because you're present. Right. right. I don't know. That's hard. I mean, I know it sounds weird. It sounds weird, but, but it, it really pans out but when you take a look at it. It's true. Like if I, you write you, I, I've said to clients and, and it's happening with you right now. I'm in the moment with you. Nothing else exists. When I'm in a treatment room, if I'm doing acupuncture, I've said to clients, the only moment that exists is you and me right now. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's bliss. That's Th it. That's bliss. So you're just being pre you're just being present. And mm -hmm. you're right. You can't feel if you're in the moment, you're not going to be feeling this heavy burden of grief or anxiety. You're here. You're here. I don't know. It's hard to articulate that. Oh, it, you know, it's I think hard. It's hard to it, articulate it, present. Right. It's hard to articulate presence unless you've felt it. Okay. Or you're feeling it. You're feeling it. It's when you're in the moment, nothing, it's just, you're neutral. Right. It's, you, so, and it, you can it, feel a lot of love in your heart too. There's yeah. gratitude, but it's, it's a neutral place. It's not filled with a lot of different chatter of what right. I should do, what I could do, because if you're doing that, then you're not in the present. Right. And that brings up the concept of neutral as well. You want to go there? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, we were talking. So let's talk about the neutral. Thing. Oh my goodness. Thing. This is, this has been a real party for, for my clients. And it's, it's oh. been just a lot of fun for me to be able to help people through this process. If you are listening right now and you've had 
some blissful experiences. Maybe you had a blissful spiritual experience. Maybe you had a blissful time in nature. Maybe you, you had something blissful with somebody else. You literally stand there. And when it comes to an end, you're like, oh, does this have to end? And you find mm. your life many times is searching for more bliss. And on the other end of the spectrum, which is not blissful, staying away from and not dealing with those negative thoughts and feelings, okay? Mm -hmm. When you don't deal with a negative thought and feeling, guess what your subconscious mind does? It compartmentalizes it. And the next time you have any sort of experience that reminds you of that feeling, it forms a trigger, okay? So don't compartmentalize it. Don't shove it under. Let's look at it in a different way, shall we? So this is the way you may want to look at it from now on. So basically speaking, I call neutral, like that's the place where you're just going to bed and you feel relaxed and you feel calm and you just want to close your eyes, okay? It is a feeling of calm. It's a feeling of presence, all right? I call that your home. Now, if you think of that as your home, what do you do when you go on vacation? You go to different places, okay? Or you go to work, you go to different places. So there's two places you can visit, but you got to understand you always got to go back home. All right, to neutral. The first place you can visit is you can visit bliss. Now, many times you can't like plan bliss, but when it happens, you actually go from, go to bliss and you're experiencing these good things. When you go from neutral to bliss, okay, in that space of bliss, the most productive thing that you can do, and literally the entire system is set up there. This is a, a Buddhist type of approach. The, the, uh, the, uh, the thing that's set up is for you to be able to stand there and feel gratitude. So when you're feeling this amazing, amazing thing, make sure that before you end that amazing time that you're having with that person or you're having that special experience, to be able to sit down and say out loud so the world can hear it, okay? You may even be in a room by yourself, but you want to get that message out, what you enjoyed about it. This is the gratitude, Okay. And then after you're done there, guess where you go? You don't go searching for more bliss. You go back to neutral, okay? Because you're standing there going, that's the home. That's where I relax, okay? That's where I'm calm. Now, let's say all of a sudden something challenging comes up. You have challenges in life. You have an argument with somebody. There's a bill that comes through that you didn't expect, whatever it is, okay? And you're in that situation you are in that situation of challenge. In the place of challenge, you've gone from your neutral to challenge. In challenge, the most productive thing you can do in challenge is to find out what the lessons are. So after you had a challenging situation with someone, let's say you had a bad phone call, get off the phone and say out loud, what are the lessons that I've learned? When you're satisfied that you've picked out the lessons, go back to neutral, okay? Why do you keep on going back to neutral? If you know you can go back home, then you will be more courageous in your blissful state of gratitude, and you will be more insightful and curious as opposed to fearful in your state of challenges, because you know you can always go back to neutral. How do you make it back to neutral? Smell, taste, yeah. touch, smell, taste, touch, smell, taste, touch three times. If you're not there yet, do it three more times. It'll bring you back to neutral again. Okay? So if you keep on going from neutral, and exploring those experiences of either bliss and gratitude or challenges and lessons, then you will be more courageous in both of those states, have a greater experience, and not be so connected and attached or addicted to either side. You will always find your way back to neutral. It will make you more courageous and will allow you to understand who you are better 
from a perspective that life is an experience. It is not a sentence or a gift. It's an experience. Oh, I like your smile. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. So can you share with us a client, give an example of someone's journey that you've worked with? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I worked with an individual who was a, a real estate executive for commercial real estate. I'm also an intuitive as well. I actually got tested at a university for it and I scored pretty high. But the bottom line on the whole thing is that I helped this person after we helped them figure out what their their goal was in regards to him moving up within the the commercial real estate world. Um, I used my intuition to be able to see certain opportunities out there for him. And then I said, now the thing that's going to keep you from it is between here and here. And by the way, if you're listening to an audio, my right ears, my right finger is pointing to my right ear. My left finger is pointing to my left ear. And the thing that keeps pe- most people from doing what they want to do is between their two ears. It's in their mindset. Okay. So we dealt with adaption and we allowed him to be able to get past him adapting to the world around him. And he became more of a leader, which is great because remember, if you don't fit in in some ways, that's the universe saying that it's time to lead. Yeah. Okay. The second thing it's is- it's time to leave. <laughs> lead or leave. There we go. It sounds, True. sounds no. like Kenny Rogers. It's like you got to know when to show, hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> fold them, buddy. No. So the situation is, is then we worked with him in regards to reactivity and he was highly reactive. Okay. He was so reactive that there was a statement once where um, I, I speak to people and I say, listen, you can either medicate or you can meditate. Okay. We all have stressors. How do you deal with it? All right. Right. So he was meditating big time. And also he had some sexual addictions too. All right. So we helped work with that. As soon as that was out of the way, and I helped to work with them with hypnosis. I do hypnosis as well. And as soon as that was out of the way, I told him where the opportunity was. And he got himself a million dollar signing bonus for taking on this new job. And that was pretty successful. And he's pretty happy these days. So what has been, you, you work with a lot of women too, I, I assume. Oh yeah, actually about 80% women. So do you find the challenges with women different or how you work with women different than mm. men or yeah. differently? In most cases, and this may sound a little bit weird, but I'll get into the background of it. In most cases, I find women to be more empathetic and to be more in tuned. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Now watch what happens here. It's true. That you treat a person differently when they're more matter than energy. I find guys are more matter than energy. All right. So you have to take a look with those individuals, what's holding them back in regards to bio blockers, okay, or things about their biology and things about just the way they think about stuff, okay, in regards to their overall thought patterns and reframing. In regards to women, you can more use more energetic things because they tend to be more energy than matter. Okay. The approaches have to be different with those types of individuals. I have seen more in some men who are energy more than matter. Okay. They're really fun to deal with because they're very, very open. They're very, very in tune. God bless them. Okay. But they are more rare than that being in the case of the feminine gender. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's the way I work with women as it relates to it. So I will oftentimes work with them with hypnosis. I will work with them with spiritual practices of presence and ritual, okay? So they will become what they focus upon, all right? Remember, the world out there, everybody thinks they manifest something. Guess what? What if it's a little different than you're manifesting something? What if 
There are literally endless choices out there. Think of the world and its opportunities, like the number of dishes on a Cheesecake Factory menu. It's like a Bible, okay? So basically speaking, some people walk into a diner and they order a BLT because that's what they know. That's who they are. I love a BLT. And they, they are a BLT, okay? But some people are able to order the BLT, the chicken parmesan. They're able to order the turkey because they're able to see a wider picture of opportunities. If I take five different people and I put them into a room, okay, that there's a party going on. And these are different people who look at things in different ways. When you ask each one what happened in the party, they're going to give you five different answers. They've created their own reality from the different data points within the environment that they choose to pick that fall within what they are used to. So we find out within an individual, what are you used to that's not serving you? And Mm. let's get you trying other things that you're not used to that logically would make sense that you would be served by. And then we break it down into the two-week portions as Gwen. You do this, this, and this with that type of thing that you want to go after. This is the first step in it. You should receive this, this, and this in regards to outcomes and benefits. And I make sure that I do it in a way with a person that they not only receive this, this, and this, but that, that, and that. So it's under-promising, over-delivering. Then all of a sudden, they start to become addicted to success. That's how I do it. Well, that sounds... Some of my clients to you. I still, and I'm going to circle back. Yes, yes. I find, and I see it even with the therapists that I I, I work with, putting oneself first, self-priority. I really see women, we put ourselves in the back seat. Yeah. We're in the trunk. We're not a priority. Uh, behind, behind every great man and, and use the word behind as a Yeah, good, I know, but we, you know, we, we are, we are the caretakers and I think it's an energetic thing. I mean, I had a, a client recently, which I shared with you. Uh, she's losing a parent to cancer and we had a check-in and I said, how's it going with the supplements and the diet? And she's like, I am in not, I'm not in a space to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, this is a person struggling with serious health issues. And I've never had somebody say that. But you got to take care of you. I can't. It's not about me. Mm -hmm. What's really important for women to know, and men, is that no matter within the chaos, we have to find that element of calm that grounds us and making sure and, you know, self making oneself a priority, self being self-care, a self-priority. Mm-hmm. Making sure you're eating, not skipping meals, you know, and I hear this, this is a big thing with people. I'm too busy. I get mm-hmm. surgeons. Right. Oh my God, they're the worst. Mm-hmm. Their schedules are crazy. It's it's so nuts. it's it is. Mm-hmm. So it's finding ways to make it a win, mm-hmm. finding ways to share with them that if they put themselves first. And in, in their day, they're going to get a hell of a lot more done and they can show up differently in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's where I start using quantum physics. Okay. And within quantum physics, it talks about the observer. They talk about the observer a lot. Uh, there's uh, experiments called the double slit experiment, all sorts of crazy stuff. But the observer receives something out of the experiment. All right. So these individuals who don't have enough time for themselves, but they have time for other people. Okay. Yeah. Those individuals are used to giving, all right? And they always put themselves last. They always do, okay? 
So what if there was a way that they could give and receive at the same time? Okay. One of the best ways is- It's called balance. Well, I'll, 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 get, I'll get into something that I can. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. It's like that, that that's, yeah, that's well, a crux. Most, most, people, most people appreciate extreme, not balance. Balance seems boring to most people. God forbid. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. wellness, what a concept. Okay. But in this situation, the way in which an observer, that being your client, can actually feel joy in giving, all right, is going around in the world around them. I don't want you to do anything else besides walk around in the world around you. And I want you to notice beautiful things and walk up to people and tell them why they're beautiful on people. Okay. When you do that for another person, there is an effect that lowers cortisol inside of you. There is effect which takes and attenuates different types of neurotransmitters like dopamine, the reward, a neurotransmitter that happens when you as an empath feel their joy. Okay. Well, that's interesting that you say that because I make it a habit and I've, I've always been this way. Uh-huh. If I see someone to say hi, or if they're wearing something, I love your hair, what a beautiful scarf, mm-hmm. opening the door. And I do it because it, it allows me to, to feel connected. I had a really beautiful moment a couple of weeks ago, taking a walk on a late Friday afternoon after work. All right. And I saw this young teenager who's wearing his headset and he was in front of me. And he had a plastic container of soda that he finished Uh and he threw it down on the ground. Mm -hmm. And I walked up to him after, after we got off the bridge and I said, Hey, threw that container down. I said, you know what? You and I, we've got to work together to clean up this world and make it a better place. I said, you can be part of that change. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he was about 15. His eyes lit up. He said, you're right. Thank you. And I was surprised. And he went back and he picked up the container. And these two guys in a car heard it and they said, that awesome. Thank you. It was a, it was a wild moment. But it's when you connect with people, it can change so much. And you know, this whole COVID. And you feel good. Yeah. And this whole COVID thing has made us disconnected. So it'll yeah. feel even better if you help people to connect. Helping people to connect, guess what it does? It makes them present. It makes them conscious. This person obviously didn't think, I'm going to go out today and find a way to ruin the ecology. No, this person wasn't thinking. We all go into hypnosis and unconscious (laughs) silliness, helping people to become conscious and doing it with a full heart like you did with him, with good intentions and not you, dirty bugger. You know what I mean? That is a wonderful thing that allows you and that person to feel joy. Yeah, it was a great moment. And it is important. You know, I work a lot at home and I, I do work in an office, you know, doing some acupuncture. But being at home and doing a lot of telehealth, I love getting out. I go for walks, I'll get a coffee. And it's just so nice to connect with people and Mm. just have those moments. Right, right. And it makes their day brighter. It makes my day brighter. And I like that you said that. And it makes us, it allows me to feel more present and the joy of the day and the gratitude. I truly believe this. I'm not horribly religious, but I do study um, the books of different religions, okay? And I believe that the human race is an organism. It is not just separate individuals, it is an organism. And the more mm-hmm. that you honor the beauty of that beautiful organism, beautiful in its potential, sometimes we don't act so nice, but in potential, yeah. we are beautiful. If we honor that beauty by connecting on a regular basis, by having community, then mm-hmm. we will feel that joy. It's pointed out quite clearly within what's known in the book called the blue zones. 
Okay. Yeah. And the blue zones, uh, if, if uh, I know you know that, but the, the blue zones, if your listeners don't know, this book is about the different characteristics of groups of individuals around the world who live to over a hundred years old. So that means that they're obviously not emotionally, physically, mentally killing themselves or they're doing it more slowly. Um, and they're taking care of themselves more and more like self care. And one of the characteristics is to be able to have a strong connection with community. Okay. There's a documentary on that, and I was watching it a few months ago, and it was so lovely. There just one woman, she was like, I don't know, 101 or something, and somebody asked her, you know, what is your secret? She's like, I, I don't, I'm not angry anymore. I don't get angry. <laughs> I just love that. It's she's like, don't get angry. Let it go. My sister, yeah. who's who's an author and coaches coaches, right. she had an incident <laughs> where. And, and she says she doesn't remember it, but boy, I remember it. Okay. Where she told me she was down in Bimini swimming with the dolphins and she was horribly afraid of swimming out in the deep ocean. Okay. Uh But the dolphins seemed to be very helpful with her. And then she was just standing there floating on the water with one of the dolphins holding her and looking at another dolphin. And the dolphin was looking in her eye and she said out loud to the dolphin, she says, do you have any messages for us as humans? (laughs) And she just said, she distinctly heard the message, stop taking yourself so seriously, loosen up, which brings us back to that old thing where your, where, where your friend said, hey, listen, I want to be more childlike. You know, mm. son, we thought we could conquer the world when we were kids. And if we, our perspective is three quarters of our reality, okay, wouldn't it be nice to harness that one? So I feel you. And opening up those possibilities means being in that present, being in your heart and really seeing what's going on in the world and not coming up with an answer. You'll notice um, an answer too quickly before you interact with the world. You'll notice that some people will talk back and forth, but they'll think about the next thing they want to say without listening to what the person's saying. Yes. Okay. They're not being present. So if you find yourself doing that, you might benefit some from pr- some presence training and some work with someone like me or who does the work like that. Great. Can you share any challenges that you've overcome in your life? Yeah. And how would you like to share something? So it, this, this was very, very interesting because I was being unconscious about my health for a while there. And it was very interesting because I was considered as one, one of the more knowledgeable um, lecturers in the field of functional medicine, especially in the areas yeah. of type 2 diabetes and disorders related to aging. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, second, uh, secondarily gastroenterology. That's what I used to lecture on. Um, and doctors used to come from all over and ask me questions for patients and stuff like that. And I'm like, I am not degreed in this area, but I do have a photographic memory and I've been doing it for 25 years. That's another thing you have. You have a photographic memory. Everybody's got something. That's what I got. But, um, the, (laughs) the, the, the situation is that when we take a look at the human physiology unto itself, Mm. we as individuals oftentimes miss the sheer fact that there are a combination of barriers that keep us from trying new things, not making goals, but trying new things. Okay. So what, how does that relate to the health issue that your journey? Right. So basically speaking, it's, do you ever hear that statement, like the frog in the pot statement where the frog slowly is sitting in water, which is slow and that started out cold and was slowly heating up until all of a sudden it's so hot they boil inside the pot because right. it happens so slowly. Mm-hmm. I went into a state of unconsciousness 
in regards to my own health. My eyes looked outward and I kept on helping other people and I wasn't helping myself, even though I had all the knowledge to be able to reverse because I had type 2 diabetes in the past, lost the weight and totally reversed my A1C levels, which is a marker of diabetes, down to normal again after being severely diabetic. So I've done it before in the past, but I didn't do it again because I became unconscious. So with regards to the actual consciousness itself, I... I found myself in a situation where all of a sudden one day I wasn't able to pee anymore. Now, that's shocking, especially when that not being able to pee comes with pain. I'm like, mm. oh, my God, has my prostate blown up? I thought of right. all these different types of things, went to the doctor, and the doctor said, you had kidney stones. But, hey, did you know you had a 9.0 on your hemoglobin A1C, which is freaking off the roof? Holy crap. I mean, I was looking for a record here. You know, they said – if, wow. if it gets into double digits, just we're going to have to put you on, uh, on you know, it's insulin, insulin. And, and all such a right. crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, my goodness. One of my yeah. friends um, who is one of the leaders in field of functional medicine, actually, mm. he's, she's like the number two person in functional medicine, mm. the protege of uh, the father of functional medicine, Dr. Jeffrey Bland. She said to me, Adam, how can you how could you have done this? You, you, you know so much in this field. How can you have allowed this to happen? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was really honest with myself. And I said, I chose this through my unconsciousness. I chose to be unconscious. And by admitting that I chose to be unconscious, I found a path forward, admitted my vulnerability, made myself accountable. I found a path forward. And then all of a sudden, I started utilizing all the stuff that I knew to do that got rid of the diabetes in the first place. And now my blood sugar, instead of 200, is down to 97. Okay. Just two months afterwards. All right. I can't wait to be able to handle my hemoglobin A1C. I eat so perfectly these days. It's ridiculous. And I've found a new love affair. Once again, I've revitalized my love affair with herbs. So Mm. instead of adding salt and adding what you call butter and adding sugar, I add herbs. Mm. All these things is the things I had, but I became more conscious. And this all happened after I did an exercise. And I Highly recommend that everybody out there, if you find yourself sort of at your your edge there going, what's the purpose here? What's my purpose here? Okay. To try this exercise. The exercise was the following, is to be able to look into the mirror. And it sounds hokey. It really sounded hokey the first time I heard it. I got to admit, but boy, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. When you fa- wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror and you say into your own eyes, I love you. And do that 10 times like you mean it more and more and more each time until the final time you're like, I love you, okay? And then we need you to be able to, so you're fueling something inside your body. You're, you're planting a seed. The next step is to be able to start transformation. And so you have to go into change mode. You know, people don't like to change, but this is one way to change people. Put them in change mode. And how do you get change mode? You take something you do and you do the opposite. So your next step is to brush your teeth with the opposite hand that you're used to brushing. Well, I guarantee you, you'll feel like you have muscular dystrophy, but you'll get over it. Okay. And so I did it with my left hand, brushed my teeth and spit out. Okay. Using cup the water with my left hand, not my right hand. And then afterwards, I took the fuel, which is known by many indigenous cultures as prana. Okay. I took air in, in very deep amounts. Okay. I inhaled and exhaled fully. All right. Inhaling and exhaling 
fully 25 times. Okay. Inhaling through the nose. Inhaling through and the nose. Through uh, the, and exhaling yeah, through the mouth. Yeah, because because you if you inhale through the mouth, it's going to trigger. You're going to hyperventilate. Yeah. You're going to hyperventilate. And it's going to trigger more of a sympathetic dominance or more nervousness. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not good. So we don't want that. So <laughs> no. I did that 25 I times. Yeah. Now, well. there's an interesting point about exhaling totally. Okay. Most people have carbon dioxide from the past in there. Okay. Literally from the past in there, from maybe even earlier on in the day. So that's oxygen or gas in your lungs that you haven't fully exhaled will attach you not to the present, but to the past. So exhaling totally as well. All of a sudden, I found myself in a situation, and this was, this was after um, uh, I had a, a horrible night. I was taking Vicodin to be able to deal with the pain of these kidney stones. It was just horrifying. I did not, was not happy with life. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, I thought I was going to go back to bed after that. You know, because I was like, uh, I walked into it feeling that way. When I was at the end, I was like, I want to go out for a walk. So I went walking down the street. All right. And as I'm walking down the street, I start seeing the world differently. I look at these trees and I stood in front of these trees with all these craggy knots to them and all the strange mm-hmm. shapes. And, and I looked at the tree and I said, you look beautiful. And as soon as I said, you look beautiful, some of my pain physically and significantly went away. And then I walked down the street more and I saw these two guys, construction workers for the city, working on this different, on, on a sidewalk. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were doing, so it, all of a sudden I looked at the work and it looked like artwork. So I walked mm-hmm. up to them and there was one shorter, no, I think he was a, 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 a Latino a, a gentleman and one taller gentleman, very white. I think he was Irish background, big, mm-hmm. big and large. And they were working it. And I walked up to them and they looked at me like I was going to give them a complaint because I'm sure that's what they're used to. Okay. I'm sure working for the city. But I walked up to him. I said, who did this sidewalk? And the, 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 the shorter uh, uh, gentleman, mm-hmm. the Hispanic gentleman says, I have, I said, that's artwork. You did such an amazing job. And then all of a sudden, this look in his eyes of finally being seen, he started breaking down crying. His oh, friend, really? his friend, oh the Irish guy, okay, uh-huh. is giving him a big hug and pulls me into the hug. We're all standing there weeping. Oh okay. Oh Do you know how few, few and far between times the average human being gets to be seen? Wow. And all of a sudden, I had no more pain. Okay. And I'm walking down the street feeling all happy. And I'm walking. I'm walking for blocks. The pain's not coming back. And then there's this lady, this African-American lady, who's wearing this dress, this most beautiful dress. And she must be in her 70s, a lovely old woman, but this dress that was just so fashionable and colorful. And I walked mm-hmm. up to her and I said, I said, honey, that, that dress just makes my day. It is so beautiful. It is so fashionable. She starts breaking down, crying, going, I, I just thank you. Thank you. And we're hugging it up. It's great. I kept on doing that exercise of the I love yous, the brushing the teeth with the left hand and the breathing for the next 10 days. And all of a sudden, all these opportunities seemed to be popping up for me, but they weren't popping up for me. I was finally just able to see them. So I would highly recommend someone does that for a full week. Do it three times a day. Do it three times a day. It only takes a couple minutes. But boy, oh boy, it is a changer. I love that. Yeah. It changed your energy. You became a little, I find, and I I will get back to this, acknowledging others, complimenting others, Mm. and really meaning, brightens your day. Yep, yep. Really meaning it. 
I get a hit from it and they get a hit. And like that, that young kid that it, I mean, we, that I feel is a significant part of our finding our path, finding our, you know, what is it, what is our calling? Because we're connecting in the moment to, to heart, heartfelt love, Uh connecting with another person, acknowledging in a way their divinity by just saying something lovely. I don't, that's funny because I, I, I continue doing that and I find that my vibration changes. I just feel more connected in the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like the world, this larger organism is a battery. Mm. Okay. It's like a battery. Yeah. Fully yeah, charged yeah. battery. And when you connect with it by doing that type of work of gratitude and noticing things and allowing gratitude people to feel huge. seen, yeah. okay, guess what? You get the jolt of energy of that enormous battery. And you become, and you go home to flow, which is your connection with the world and universe around you. And do you know who spoke so sweetly and lovely about this? Louise Hay. Oh my, I love Louise Hay. I will include Louise Hay's book, I'm Trying to Remember her. It's just a beautiful book on affirmations and letting go of old patterns. She died in her nineties. And I Mm. just, I hear Louise Hay in my head all the time. And she was a very big proponent of doing that mirror exercise. Oh my goodness. I, she did this one book. It it was just marvelous. There was this one book that Louise Hay had about loving your inner child or the section Mm. of it that I really loved was loving Mm -hmm. your inner child. And then there was a audio tape that she made as it related to the book. So I would listen to that audio tape on a bus and it was hilarious. I, I would love to have been somebody else watching me because uh-huh. I was on the bus standing there in my suit and tie, weeping my eyes out. Listening in New to York this. City? In when New you York were City. in Manhattan, when you yeah. were working? That's funny. People are probably like, what the hell is he going? Oh my God. Oh God. <laughs> Adam, it is so, I'm so delighted that you could join me today. This was lovely. Is there any closing words, anything you want to share with people? If people want to reach out to me, they can. Um, uh, mm-hmm. I, I've given a uh, 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 my number that you can text. I've given my email address that you can um, uh, reach out to I'll me if you have any questions. All. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. include that all. And and uh, I love to be able to work with individuals who are willing to make a change, who don't yeah. have the excuses as much as they have the curiosity as to what they are, who they are, and what are the opportunities that lie ahead. If you're one of those folks, I can bring you there. He's great. I've worked with him. Give people right now online your, um, what's easier, texting? Oh, I, I want to leave some contact it, info if people right, can't right. get the, the show notes. The, the easiest way is texting. I'm, okay. I'm a relatively low tech te- guy. So provide your text number. It, the right text now. number is 310. It's easy. 310-999-7877. That's 310-999-7877. There you go. Yeah, that's easy. It's always good to leave something. There you go. So everyone, I want to thank you for joining me today. And yeah, if you see someone on the street, just give them a lovely compliment. Look into their eyes. Yeah, man. Just just send that intentional love. It really does make a difference. Yeah. Adam, thanks again. And I want to thank everyone today. And I will see you all soon. And thank you so much for joining me and Adam on the Hormone Lifestyle Zone. Take Thank you, care. Meg, for having me. Take care. Oh, the best.